The following story is certified grim for extreme animal havoc and violent deaths and may not be suitable for all listeners. Hello there and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a brother's grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes and with me on this journey is my co-host Mr Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading... The dog and the sparrow. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a grim reading. A sheepdog had not a good master, but on the contrary, one who let him suffer hunger. As he could stay no longer with him, he went quite sadly away. On the road, he met a sparrow who said, Brother dog, why are you so sad? He said, what? Brother dog, why are you so sad? Oh, so he's left home. Yeah, he's suffering from hunger. And he's run away. And he's like, I'm out of here. Yeah, fair enough. And he's met a sparrow. The dog replied, I am hungry and have nothing to eat. Then said the sparrow, dear brother, come into the town with me and I will satisfy your hunger. So they went into the town together. And when they came in front of a butcher's shop, the sparrow said to the dog, Stay there, and I will pick a bit of meat down for you. And he alighted on the stool, looked about him to see that no one was observing him, and pecked and pulled and tore so long at a piece which lay on the edge that it slipped down. (laughs) That is one, like, buff sparrow doing that. Then the dog seized it and ran into a corner and devoured it. Nice. The sparrow said, Now come with me to another shop, and I will get you one more piece that you may be satisfied. When the dog had devoured the second piece as well, the sparrow asked, Brother dog, tweet tweet, have you now had enough? Yes, I've had meat enough, he answered, but I have no bread yet. Said the sparrow, (laughs) you shall have that also, come with me. Next he's going to want pudding. (laughs) (laughs) Then he took him to a baker's shop and pecked at a couple of little buns till they rolled down. And as the dog wanted still more, he led him to another stool and again got bread for him. When that was consumed, the sparrow said, Brother dog, tweet, have you now had enough? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, he replied. Now we will walk a while outside the town. Then they both went out into the highway. It was, however, warm weather, and when they had walked a little way, the dog said, Oh, I'm tired and would like to sleep. Well, do sleep, answered the sparrow, and in the meantime, I will seat myself on a branch. So the dog lay down on the road, and fell fast asleep. Aww. That's been a lovely day. It's been lovely. Why is that sparrow being so nice? <laughs> Are you suspicious? Yeah, I'm a little bit suspicious. While he lay sleeping there, a wagoner came driving by, who had a cart with three horses laden with two barrels of wine. The sparrow, however, saw that he was not going to turn aside, but was staying in the wheel track in which the dog was lying. So it cried, Wagoner! Don't do it, or I will make you poor. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you run over that dog, or I'll make you poor. (laughs) Who is this sparrow? Tough words. Threaten that. The wagoner, however, growled to himself, You'll not make me poor, and cracked his whip and drove the car over the dog, and the wills killed him. No! Yeah. I just... Dog down. No. Yeah. It's happened. He had so much much to give. Then the sparrow cried, You have run over my brother dog and killed him. Tweet, tweet. It shall cost you your cart and horses. 
Cart and horses indeed, said the wagoner. Uh, <laughs> what harm can you do me? Yeah, he doesn't think he can do it. And drove onwards. Uh-huh. The sparrow crept under the cover of the cart and pecked so long at the bunghole of one of the casks that he got the bung out and then all the wine ran out without the driver noticing it. I thought that might be the case. But once he was looking behind him, he saw that the cart was dripping and looked at the barrels and saw that one of them was empty. Oh, unfortunate fellow that I am, cried he. Not unfortunate enough yet, said the sparrow, and flew onto the head of one of the horses and pecked his eyes out. Whoa! When the driver saw that, he drew out his axe and wanted to hit the sparrow. But the sparrow... <laughs> it's not the right tool for the job. <laughs> but the sparrow flew... Oh, wow. If someone had told him that at that point. <laughs> You'd feel a right idiot. But the sparrow flew into the air and he hit his horse on the head and it fell down dead. What a... Absolutely. Oh, what an unfortunate man I am! Yeah. cried he. Stupid, more like. Not unfortunate enough yet, said the sparrow. And when the driver drove on with the two horses, the sparrow again crept under the cover and pecked the bung out of the second cask so all the wine was spilled. When the driver became aware of it, he again cried, Oh, what an unfortunate man I am! But the sparrow replied, Not unfortunate enough yet. And seated himself on the head of the second horse and pecked his eyes out. The, Whoa. the driver ran up to it and raised his axe to strike, but the sparrow flew into the air and the blow struck the horse, which fell. He didn't learn from the first time. Oh, <laughs> what an unfortunate man I am. He's killed two of his horses. Not unfortunate enough yet, said the sparrow, and lighted on the third horse's head and pecked out his eyes. The driver, in his rage, struck at the sparrow without looking round and did not hit him, but killed his third horse likewise. I can see that coming. Oh, what an unfortunate man I am, cried he. Not unfortunate enough yet. Oh, he's not done, answered the sparrow. Now, will I make you unfortunate in your home? Tweet, tweet. And he flew away. <gasps> What's coming? The driver had to leave the wagon standing. Of course he And did. full of anger and vexation went home. Ah, he said to his wife, what misfortunes I've had. My wine has run out and the horses are all three dead. It's a bad day. <laughs> it's a terrible day. <laughs> Alas, husband, she answered, what a malicious bird has come into the house. It has gathered together every bird there is in the world and they have fallen on our corn up there and are devouring it. <laughs> then he went upstairs. And thousands and thousands of birds were sitting in the loft and had eaten up all the corn, and the sparrow was sitting in the midst of them. Oh. <laughs> it's getting sinister. <laughs> He's brought his bird army. <laughs> then the driver cried, Oh, what an unfortunate man I am! Not unfortunate enough yet, <laughs> answered the sparrow. <laughs> Wagoner, it shall cost you your life as well. Oh, he's not just going to make him poor. <laughs> The wagoner had lost all his property, and he went downstairs into the room, sat behind the stove, and was quite furious and bitter. <laughs> what is behind the stove? He's sulking. Behind the stove? But this, <laughs> he doesn't want anyone to see him. Fair enough. But the sparrow sat outside in front of the window and cried, Wagoner, it shall cost you your life! Then the wagoner snatched the axe and threw it at the sparrow, but it only broke the window and did not hit the bird. The sparrow now hopped in, placed itself on the stove, <laughs> and cried, Wagoner, it shall cost you your life. The latter 
quite mad and blind with rage, hacked the stove in two, and as the sparrow flew from one place to the other, chopped all his household furniture, looking glass, <laughs> benches, table, and at last the walls of his house. And <laughs> That's not furniture. <laughs> and yet he could not hit the bird. He's cutting his house up. At length, however, he caught it with his hand. No. Then his wife said, Shall I kill it? No, cried he. That would be too merciful. It shall die much more cruelly. <gasps> and he took it and swallowed it whole. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What? That's cruel. That's cruelty to animals. It's cruel. You can't swallow a sparrow whole. What is the... Well, this what? wagoner can. He can. After he's chopped his house up. The sparrow, however, began to flutter about in his body. Oh. And fluttered up again into the man's mouth. Then... It stretched out its head and cried <laughs> out of his own mouth. <laughs> Wagoner, it shall still cost you your life. The driver gave the axe to his wife and said, Wife, kill the bird in my mouth for me. Uh, that, I, that's not a good plan. The woman struck, but missed her blow and hit the Wagoner right on his head so that he fell dead. But the sparrow flew up and away. The end. There we go. There we have it. That was extreme. <laughs> that was extreme. That was really extreme. <laughs> Started off with a hungry dog. <laughs> Ended up with a woman, like, <laughs> doing her husband in with an axe to the head. Yeah. What? That escalated quickly. It did. Um, Do you remember you chose the story in the last episode? And I, I did. said... Something like, oh, that'll be a child-friendly yeah, one. a cute little animal tail. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Vicious, vicious animal <laughs> behaviour and murder. So much death. So much death. First the dog. Yeah. Then the three horses. Yes. And then, the, and then the wagoner. Well, no, the horses had it worse because they had their eyes pecked out and then they got an axe on the skull. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer, is he? The, the wagoner. wagoner. No. I mean... He just, he chops his whole house up. <laughs> <laughs> and also, yeah, it's all because, yeah, he didn't avoid the dog at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, he was warned. He could mm -hmm. have done. It wasn't yeah. an accident. He just Wagoner. said, I don't care. Mm. I was suspicious of the sparrow. You I, were. I now love the sparrow. He Because yeah. he did this out of pure loyalty to his friend, which mm -hmm. he'd already sorted out. Yeah. He'd, he'd done an absolute solid to the dog. Fed him with <laughs> bread and <laughs> meat. Like, great. And, yeah. he's, and he's watching, you know, keeping guard yeah. while he's having a kip. Yeah, and you were Lovely suspicious. Spot. I was suspicious that what's his game here? But I mean, he really liked that dog. He really did, didn't he? <laughs> what a what a sweet little sparrow. It's lovely. No, yeah, I love the sparrow, but he does slowly get more menacing, doesn't he? Does. He? <laughs> he does. At first, he's just being really sweet. Yeah, he's he's robbing bakers and butchers, but you know, no, that's okay. It's, it's like, like a, Robin Hood. It's Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah, it's for the it's for the common good. Sparrowhood. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> I want to see if that's written in your notes. <laughs> <laughs> delete, oh, delete, delete. That was too good. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he did end up pecking horses' eyes out. It's like, it's not their fault. No, that's true. 
That's true. Birds don't like horses. There's really one thing don't. we've learnt. Ravens eat horses yeah. in these stories, and sparrows now peck out their eyes. <laughs> Horse doesn't count. As we said before, it's like, it's a vehicle. It's yeah. not really an animal. It's like smashing up someone's van. Yeah. They never, they never talk, do they, the no. horses? They're just, yeah. Smashing up someone's van. <laughs> Sparrow's just... Basically what he's doing. It's mad. <laughs> yeah, it gets to the point where... I like the bit where all the birds in the world... It wasn't literally all the birds in well, the world. Well, no, it was thousands and thousands. But all it did say friends. all the birds in the world, didn't it? Yeah. All the birds in the world. All the birds in the world. I mean, have you seen The Birds, the film, The Birds? I haven't. You know, you know the story, I know though, the story. Right? I mean, that's not all the birds in the world, is it? But it's a lot. Well, it's the idea that all the birds attack the humans. humans they yeah. turn against the humans, yeah. which is... I mean, this is like an early forerunner to The Birds, is what I was thinking. Right, yeah. Because... Except they don't attack the humans, they just eat their wheat. It's true, but it's, it's that... F- it's that, I don't know, this weird fear that all the birds will turn on no, you. No, absolutely. And because if they did, well, you, there's very little you can do. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, you don't need to watch the film, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> I know how it ends. Yeah. This sort of weird fear of birds, maybe, that we have lurking under the surface. Yeah. I don't know. And I just love it's like the the sparrow. So like the wagoner opens the door, yeah. sees thousands of birds they're, in the middle. And they're, they're all like busy chomping yeah. at the stuff. And in the middle, the sparrow's just sat there looking straight into his eyes, just yeah. like yes. wagoner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see that. It's terrifying. Oh, that's brilliant. I really like that. And then yeah, it ends with the wife cracking an axe on her yeah. husband's head. I mean, why does the husband? Mm. I mean, okay, picture this: the the man's at the end of his tether, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The sparrow's taunting him. Mm-hmm. He smashed the window and let the sparrow into his house. Now the sparrow's going around like, like you can't, can't catch me. That's genius. He's just, he's had enough, right? We're at the last sort of quarter of the horror film, right? Blind Where the rage. person's yeah. gone absolutely mad with the nags. He's chopping up his whole house. Yeah. He finally catches the sparrow. And what does he do? Swallows him whole. <laughs> he swallows him whole. But the sparrow is still alive and he flies back up. <laughs> Through his esophagus, pokes his head out into of his, his mouth. mouth. So, like the the the, the, the wagoner wow. is speaking as the sparrow because it's coming out of his mouth. And what does the guy do? He turns to his wife and goes, "Get get him with the axe." It's like, does the wife not go? Are you sure? Because if I do that, I'm pretty sure I'm going to kill you, like, even if I don't miss. Yeah, hurry, hurry. He's going to get away, even if I don't miss. He's even still going to kill that sparrow. <laughs> I think you're going to come off pretty badly, husband. <laughs> there are so many points. He could have done things differently. Yeah. <laughs> At every single point in the story, Basically, he makes a bad choice. Just nothing but bad decisions. It almost, I thought it could be like, the whole story is like the police statement from the wife. <laughs> like, so let me get this straight. <laughs> so you admit your... you killed your husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but you don't understand the backstory, For right? mitigating so circumstances. There once was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Had a not very good master. <laughs> he was suffering from hunger. Poor dog. <laughs> Poor dog. I mean, I know. he had a nice final meal. Nice bread and meat. It's but true, yeah. Still, that's awful. He went out in his sleep. Yeah, true. Was <laughs> crushed to death by, by wheels. By wagon. Yeah. Whew. So, yeah, it's animals looking after each other, I guess. I mean, that's really lovely. That sense of loyalty is lovely. And, I mean, apart from the extreme violence, it's kind of exactly the story I expected from the Brothers Grimm. Yeah when we started like before we'd read any this is kind of how i imagine they would be like very fantastical Dark. talking animals yeah and it has a clear kind of meaning and a moral you know yeah. that wagoner is being punished for his bad deeds yeah right 
So, it, and it feels very like you're in a cottage in like the countryside, you know. Yeah. It, do you know what I mean? I don't oh, know. Yeah, like that's yeah. kind of what I expected. Archetypal. Yeah. Again, apart from a sparrow coming out of his throat and he, and a wife hacking her husband's head with an axe. Yeah. Maybe I hadn't expected that. Yeah. But this is kind of very apart from you know princesses and kings and knights. This is very fairy tale territory. It yeah. Feels to me. I don't yeah. know if you agree. No, completely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. The title makes it sound like a, a fable, doesn't it? The dog and yeah, the sparrow. Definitely. Reminiscent of a fable. Mm-hmm. But obviously the length of the story, that's definitely unmistakable Grimm's tale. Just carnage everywhere. Yeah. And, and, and maybe like a fable, it has, has a clear meaning, doesn't it? You know? And there's a kind of, you know, don't mess with the natural order mm-hmm. or you'll be punished. Or, you know, something small that seems harmless actually has a lot of power over you. And sure. you can't escape the crimes that you've committed in a way. Yeah, you know, it it's, has it's almost like meaning. a cautionary tale. You know, bad deeds won't go unpunished. Yeah. So just be good in the first place. In a completely bananas way. Completely bananas. <laughs> and, and I suppose in a way, what I mean when I say it, it feels like a Brothers Grimm story that I imagined is, there's not actually much more to it than that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's not like all this like imagery and like, I, d- I don't know, it's just very, it's very simple. It is simple, yeah. And I think that, for me, that stands in its favour. Definitely. Yeah. That's, it's like a really solid tale. Yeah. That is nuts, but not nuts in a confusing way, just in an unexpected way. Definitely. Actually really does hold together as a story. Mm-hmm. And I really like the loyalty between the sparrow and the dog. I mean, it, for some reason, reminded me of Cat and Mouse in Partnership, which is mm. something we had a long time ago. The cat was very much not loyal yeah. to the mouse. But the mouse was loyal. And there was something really sweet and touching about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and at the time we said, it's kind of a dark message. Because yeah. it's saying, you're different, and therefore it will never work. Yeah. You know, cat and a mouse can't be friends. Yeah. But this is kind of almost Completely, the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Saying, Dog and a sparrow can be friends. And actually, this lo- loyal to the sparrow end. is, yeah, going to yeah. be loyal to the end. <laughs> I love that little sparrow. <laughs> it's great. I really like the sparrow too. It is like he, he, like the sparrow's got the kind of red mist, you know, he's, he's angry at this guy. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a simple case of, you know, a happy-go-lucky sparrow that's like, nope, calmly, you've done something wrong and I'm going to punish you for it and then I'll move on. No, he's like, he's out for blood. Yeah. And actually his initial threat of I'm going to make you poor, that gets subsumed yeah. because it's like, nope, I'm going to take your life. I'm so angry at you yeah. now. You're right, but he does it in quite a kind of calm way. He does, way. he does. But there's, that's obviously seems to be bubbling below the surface love it that's great (laughs) for me the best bit was all the birds well you got all the was that your favorite bit i think it might be got all the birds you've got killing his horses yeah smashing his house up yeah that's great sparrow in the throat sparrow in the throat is fantastic first version of this story, the first time they ever published it, it was called Loyal Godfather Sparrow. Loyal Godfather Sparrow? Vom Truen Gevatar Sperling. And it was later changed to Der Hund und der Sperling. The dog and the sparrow, the hound and the sparrow. Yeah. Uh, in the Brothers Grimm notes, they say the story is from three slightly differing stories, the most perfect of which is from Zwern and forms the groundwork of this. 
So they got a few different versions okay. and they put them together, the main source being from Zwan. So recently, a listener, Anne Kristen Pfeiffer, emailed us to explain uh, that when they say Zwern, Hanau, Main, that's often code for the sources that they use. Their source from Zwern was a woman named Dorothea Veerman. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. So when they say from Zwern, they mean a the story came person. from Dorothea Veerman. Yeah. Uh, they met her in 1813. So just one year after they published the first version okay. or the first edition. Uh, she was an old lady that contributed over 40 tales to the collection. Oh, wow. She was the least sort of posh of their sources and okay. kind of the closest they ever came to someone actually from the lower class oh, okay. peasantry that they were kind of trying to say that they were espousing with these stories. So does that, that lend sense. those tales at like a particular level of authenticity, perhaps? Well, it depends how you look at it, yeah, mm. and it depends It depends if you think the higher classes, if their stories aren't, have less value than those of the lower classes, if that makes sense. They're mm-hmm. as authentic as mm-hmm. anyone else's stories in Germany. However, she was, in reality, lower middle class. She wasn't a peasant. Yeah. Uh, she grew up in an inn just outside Kassel, the city where the brothers lived, and she married a tailor which is a kind of lower middle-class profession. So she wasn't like a yeah. farmer's wife. And also, although she was the poorest of their sources, she was also French Huguenot by descent. So her family were French. So right. even further removed from, uh, yeah. from Germany. But yeah, I thought, I thought I'd introduce us to Dorothea there because yeah. she's one of the most important sources. And uh, this is one of her stories. Yeah, interesting. Amazing. Yeah. So maybe we can, as we approach new sources, we can look a little bit more into who they were. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, no, completely. Sparrows. Sparrows. Sparrows, then. Adam. Yeah. Two sparrows in a row. Thief and his master. That was a sparrow. Sparrow chase scene. Yeah. Amazing. Why, where are these sparrows coming from? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> We've never had any sparrows. Two in a row. Two in a row, yeah. Uh, and I don't think we're actually going to see sparrows again. No. So, if you'll indulge me, I thought, let's give them their moment. Absolutely. Uh, it's only right. I've seen on blogs and online articles that sparrows are supposedly widespread in folklore, much like ravens, mm-hmm. which we discussed before, throughout the whole world with lots of different symbolism. But everything I found, there was never any sources, and it all seemed a bit spurious and dubious. Yeah. Uh, they were, for certain, used in the Bible several times. Second most common Bible bird. Ooh, second. Most famously... Uh, there's a quote from the book of Matthew where they are referred to as worthless but still cared for by God, you know. Even though yeah, there's, you bought a sparrows for two pennies or something, God that, still cares. So in for my God. head, yeah, that's how sparrow is, is used. It's mm. like, it's a, it's a common bird. It's mm-hmm. used to represent that. Mm-hmm. It's not like dove or... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sparrow is like just ten a penny common bird. Small, yeah. kind of colourless. yeah. Lots of them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's definitely that's, used in the Bible in that respect. Okay. Uh, apparently, they are alluded to in both Shakespeare and Chaucer for their amorous nature. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but the other folklore stuff, I didn't quite trust, so I don't want to sure. spread uh, fake news. Yeah, don't um, want that. But useless and amorous are two ways that they've been used. Useless and amorous. <laughs> that's <laughs> how I describe that, you, Adam. <laughs> it's me all over. I have, however, found two stories about sparrows. One, a folktale from Japan called the Tongue Cut Sparrow, and also a fable from India called 
the duel between the elephant and the sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> now, I thought we could save the Indian one for the Fable Stable, our Patreon podcast, Yeah, uh, as it seems more appropriate. Sure. So if you'd like to hear the Japanese story, and I promise you, you're not being shortchanged with the Japanese one, you're more than welcome to, because I know that you've wanted to hear extra stories. Uh, completely, yeah. What was the Japanese one called again? I was sorry, I got so transfixed by the Indian one. The duel between the elephant and the sparrow. What's this one called? The tongue cut sparrow. So there was once an old man who had a wife with a very bad temper. Oh dear. They had no kids, but he had a pet sparrow that he loved and and looked after. But the wife with the bad temper hated the sparrow. Oh no. One day, you're loving this story already. <laughs> One day, the old man went to work in the rice fields. Yeah. So the wife and the sparrow are alone in the house. Oh, no, don't leave it with her. She, for some reason, she had a bowl of starch on the table and the sparrow ate some. Uh-oh. In a rage, she seized it and cut out its tongue. <gasps> now be off with you, uh, she screamed. Uh, so the poor sparrow, all bleeding, flew away. No. Old man came home. Distraught, he searched high and low, but he couldn't find his sparrow. She's not told him what she did. No, she did tell him. Oh, she did? Yeah, she doesn't care. She's like, yeah, I cut his tongue out and chucked him. Ate some starch. (laughs) Years went by, and one day, while walking in the mountains, he saw his old sparrow friend. (gasps) Good morning, he cried. And to his surprise and delight, the sparrow answered him. The clipped tongue had given the bird the power of speech. <laughs> that is what happens. You cut a bird's tongue, boom, English. Oh no, Japanese. Then each bowed low and made mutual inquiries as to health. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? How are you doing? Yes, I'm doing very well, thank you. How is it? Well, I've got a slight headache and my tongue hurts, but I'm okay. The sparrow begged the man to visit his humble abode and meet his wife and two daughters. <laughs> So <gasps> he's got daughters now. Yeah, the old man's off to go to the sparrow's house. Oh, the sparrow's got daughters. Sorry, I yeah, thought the yeah. man had daughters. No, yeah, it is weird. <laughs> I see why you'd be confused. <laughs> so he's going to the sparrow's house. Yep. The house was lovely. Was it? There was like a bamboo garden. There was a little waterfall feature. He can fit in the house, can he? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, in my head, the sparrows are human size. <laughs> it's massive sparrow. <laughs> Imagine the wife coming out of it and the... Six foot sparrows just eating some starch, just like, you. So he's in the house. Yeah. And Mrs. Sparrow brought in slices of sugar jelly, rock candy, sweet (gasps) potato custard, and a bowl of hot starch sprinkled with sugar and a pair of chopsticks on a tray. Oh, hot starch and sugar. That sounds divine, doesn't it? What is it? And slices of jelly? Sugar jelly. Sugar jelly. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Potato custard. Sweet potato custard. Sweet potato custard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He had an amazing time. I bet he did. He passed. Oh, a lo- he's so much happier in this home than I in know. his own. <laughs> he passed a lovely few days eating, chilling oh. out on a silk cushion, playing checkers with the daughter sparrow while Mrs. Sparrow <laughs> played the guitar. Oh. It was just lovely. That they, sounds idyllic. There was dancing and singing, and they just they had an all round merry time. Oh, lovely! Until the old man forgot his cares, his old limbs, and his wife's tongue, and felt like a youth again. He forgot his limbs. <laughs> his old limbs. <laughs> oh, his old limbs. But eventually, he's got to go home. I think, oh, no. I think it's about five days he's got to go home. Mrs. Sparrow brought out two baskets, and she said, take one as a gift, whichever you prefer. You know, we don't want you to leave, but here, have a gift. Two baskets, take your pick. It's like a game show now. <laughs> <laughs> now, one basket was heavy and the other light, 
The old man, not being greedy, said he would take the lighter one. Oh, that's very good of him. So, with many thanks and bows and goodbyes, he set off homeward. He gets home. His wife's really angry. Like, where have you been? Until they open the basket. Inside was old and silver coin and gems and coral and crystal and amber and a never-failing bag of money and an invisible coat and hat and (laughs) rolls of books and all manner of precious things. It seemed that they never would reach the bottom of that magic basket. Oh, it's a magic basket. I love it's got, like, gold and silver and a never-ending bag of money. (laughs) So you don't need both, but okay. I like the rolls of books. Oh, yeah. What do you mean rolls of books? <laughs> I like that. That's rolls lovely. of books? It's like you roll your clothes up when you have pack your suitcase. <laughs> rolls of books. Get more in there. Book rolls. Uh, now, so the wife's suddenly very happy. Of course she is. And she said, oh, you know, I'll go uh, and get a gift from the sparrows. So she oh. sets off to the sparrows' house. They don't like you. Well, yeah, exactly. So she gets there, but Mr. Sparrow wasn't interested. Mm. She came in, uh, but they only gave her a cup of tea. <laughs> they didn't give her anything else. <laughs> And they didn't, like, dance and sing oh. and play guitar. Uh, and eventually she loses her patience after being nice to them and just says, give me a gift. I want a gift. That's so rude. The sparrow then brought out and set before her two baskets, one heavy and the other light. She eagerly seized the heavier one. Of course she did. Without so much as saying thank you and carried it back in triumph with her. When she got home, she opened it, expecting all kinds of riches. Mm-hmm. But the moment she took the lid off... What's that? A horrible cuttlefish rushed at her. (laughs) Boom, in your face. A skeleton poked his bony finger in her face. And a long, hairy serpent with a big head and lolling tongue sprang out and coiled around her, cracking her bones and squeezing out her breath till she died. After the good man had buried his wife, he adopted a son to comfort his old age and with his treasures lived at his ease all his days. (laughs) The end. (laughs) <laughs> I, I like that story I like that story <laughs> It was taken from The Fairy Tales of Old Japan By William E. Griffith Published in 1911 <laughs> Isn't that a cracking good story <laughs> Okay let, I've, got, I've got to go I've got to unpack that basket at the end I love that basket at the a end A cuttlefish rushes at her So it just startles her It's like yeah. put it in your face but, A skeleton's just like meh, meh, Just poking her and then, and this is it, a hairy serpent with a giant head and lolling tongue. Yes. Can you picture that? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. What a horrendous yes. thought. I know, it's awful. Hairy snake. So oh, this, this is um, quite a well-known Japanese folktale. Okay. But yeah, there's, so there's lots of different versions with lots of different things. Okay. Uh, I think there's like elves and hobgoblins and stuff comes out. I like, it, I like it, the idea of the skeleton just poking her. I know. Because it's just not face. really doing much. It's just like, yeah, have some of that. Yeah, it's just, like, say that. Go just, on. Just scary. It's meant to be scary it's things. Scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first two are just like a sort of weird, that was a bit odd, a cuttlefish yeah. and, a, and a bone and a a bony finger in your yeah. face. Uh, then suddenly a hairy serpent that crushes you to death. <laughs> with giant worse. head and lulling tongue. But basically, what we've learned from these two stories, don't mess with sparrows. Yeah. Right? Oh, they'll take you down. Treat them well, and they're good to you. What but. a lovely relationship that man has with the sparrow. And what, yeah. I, honestly, it warmed the cockles of my heart, the t- yeah. good time that that old man had in the sparrow house. What lovely Wasn't time. It, lovely? it was lovely. It was so nice. And like the wife's like, come in, come in. Yeah. I've heard so much about you. Have some potato custard. Spit, and he's playing checkers with the, with the kids. Yeah, on a silk cushion. Like, oh. 
Sweet lovely. potato custard. Sugared sliced jelly. Oh, it's just so lovely, isn't lovely. it? It's like the wind in the willows or something. <laughs> oh, I love that. Beautiful. Oh, I'm glad. Now, you said one of the alternate titles for the Brothers Grimm tale was Godfather Sparrow or something. Loyal Godfather Sparrow. Loyal Godfather Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, am I to understand that the Sparrow has been made the dog's godfather? Hmm. Seems I a bit odd. think I read the first version and I don't think so. Okay, that's I just think in it, the title. It might just be meaning... It looks after it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Possibly. But okay. I do like the idea of... <laughs> Godfather Sparrow. Godfather. <laughs> Godfather Sparrow. to talk scores let's do scores let's do it this was an amazing story yeah yeah i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it and it's got it's got like the the sort of cute fun animal element to it the wholesome heartwarming element of the 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 loyalty from the the sparrow towards the dog yeah and it's also got the absolutely mental crazy horror violence (laughs) aspects to it which we've uh, come to know and love so Bearing all that in mind, mm-hmm. I'm going to give this yeah. a nine. A nine? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is unexpected, Adam. I thought you were going to say that is unacceptable. That is unacceptable, <laughs> sir. <laughs> it was That's kind of amazing. unexpected, but I kind of thought I've given a lot of 8.5 so so far this season. Yeah, you season, have. It's and true. I kind of think this is better in a way really well potentially yeah 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 okay it's not it the biggest more. or more complex story but it just it really holds together as a neat little story that's really fun really good fun nine that's amazing man yeah oh i'm really happy i think this is your first nine of the series possibly it, it definitely of the series yeah i think i was having a look at our scores and i think you've given three other stories in total are nine okay so it's in the elite club and it probably is the sort of decision i'll look back on in a year's time and go what was i thinking but whatever i'm living in the moment <laughs> you go you go boy you go girl <laughs> okay well i you know i gave gambling hansel a nine in the last episode right yeah i think that's possibly my third nine so this is your fourth nine i think okay and i do regret not giving the Devil with Three Golden Hairs and Nine. And I think that for me, those are two of my favourite stories. And I really think I should have. I gave it an 8.5. Okay. So that's something that hurts. Yeah. So it already starts it, it to happened. hurt two it episodes happens. later. Yeah. So you gave The Three Little Men in the Woods a nine. Wow. I mean, good story. Cracking story. The Wishing Table, The Gold Ass and The Cudgel in the Sack. Oh, wow. A nine. Interesting. Oh, no, that was a fantastic story. The Juniper Tree a nine. Of course. And now you've got a new one in your elite club. The Dog and the Sparrow. It feels like it doesn't quite belong there. <laughs> oh, no, if I made you regret No, your but choice. I'm going to stick with it because okay. that's how I felt in the moment. Okay, cool. What about you? It's not going to be that high, I don't think. No, I don't think. I, that's really surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> it clearly spoke to you immediately. For yeah. me, it was a bit of a grower. At first, I was okay. like, oh, okay, yeah, it's possible. It's fun. And actually, it is a really good little story. It is a good I little think. story. And you're right, it balances all these elements quite well. Yeah. And it does have some lovely extreme violence. So. It does. And it's got some really good little scenes that happen. 
Yeah. Wow, that's a really high score. I think I was thinking 7.5, but that's I might crank it up to an 8. Uh, I think I'm going to go 7.5. Okay. Yeah. I if, if I could, I'd give it 7 and 3 quarters. But I'm going to go... You can't. I we're can't. sticking to like 0.5 <laughs> intervals. 7.5. So 5. that is... 16.5 out of 20. Pretty solid Pretty score good. there. And we've got some wonderful correspondence we've been meaning to read out. Yeah, we haven't read anything out for a while. We haven't. Let's do it. So we've got this message from Lucy Hines, who says, Hello, just been listening to the wonderfully macabre Juniper Tree. Mm. If you were into bizarre and horrifyingly violent fairy tales, could I recommend Italian folk tales collected by Italo Calvino? The amount of casual violence and torture in those far exceeds the grim tales. <laughs> nice. I really enjoy your podcast. The choice of music helps to make it pleasantly gentle. Very much something to listen to by the fireside. Thanks to you both, Lucy. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you, Lucy. Uh, I, like, I like the sound of that. I like the idea that casual violence and torture exceeds grim tales. That can only be good. That can only be good. I just like the sentence. If you're into horrifyingly violent folk fairy tales. Tick. Yes. <laughs> I, Lucy. Lucy, Lucy. I recently got a copy of Italian folk tales by Italo Calvino. Nice. So I'm in, I'm in the business of horrifying <laughs> folk tales. Uh, I really like Italo Calvino. He's, he's an Italian author. Mm-hmm. He's written some really good books. I've read in the past, and I knew that he'd done this Italian folk tales, and it's basically he's done a Brothers Grimm, right? Because in Italy, you know, Italy only became a country in the late nineteenth uh, century, and mm-hmm. there was a lot of fairy tale collectors and folk tale collectors inspired by the Brothers Grimm, but they would do it in different regions. Mm-hmm. So you never had, or you did, but they didn't catch on. You never had a real like these are the Italian folk tales, like yeah. you had German or English or Norwegian, yeah. Um, but so what Italo Calvino's done is he's gone and got all the original sources of those different collectors yep. and c- compiled one book of all the different regions. And yeah, I've read a couple. They're really good. Oh, that's cool. I read uh, the first one is basically it's a version of uh, the boy who went forth to learn what fear was. Oh, yeah. So it's great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So it's got all that kind of, you know, ATU type stuff going on. Oh, lovely. Would you say they're dark? And I haven't read enough yet. Okay. No, not the ones I've read. <laughs> But yeah, thank you, Lucy. Thanks for the recommendation. recommendation, and I'm on it. Excellent. I'll be expecting Matt to read me some of those. And we have another message from Joseph, who says, Hi, folks. I just wanted to say that you've made a very enthusiastic fan out in the state of Colorado in the US. I've recommended your podcast to several people, and they're also enjoying it. Thanks for creating this podcast. So thanks very much. Yeah, thank you for listening, Joseph. And for recommending (laughs) for us. Yeah, more thanks to you. I think that's quite that's an old message, actually. We kind of, I think that was sent a while ago. So I hope Joseph's still listening. I hope so. We're just, yeah, pretty bad. We're just catching up. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But we, thanks very much for yeah. your messages, as always. Keep them coming in. Thank you Anytime so much. Anytime you have something to say. Yeah. It's always great to hear from you guys. i got to go. Yeah. But we'll see you next time in... The Water Nixie. The Water Nixie. What's it going to be? What does it mean? (laughs) Cannot wait. (laughs) I'll be seeing you then. See you then. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod.com. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Grim Reading. 
You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading. And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim. <laughs>